Mark Latham. Good morning, Mark. How are you? Good, thanks, Marcus. Good to be chatting. Yeah, uh, and let's just get on with it. That's why, with respect, I, I kind of cut the uh, the last caller off. He wanted, you know, how is it that, and why is it that, you know, we were this, that, I don't care anymore. <laughs> I've had a well, gut he did, full he of did, it. He did raise an important point in that yeah. why were those uh, non-Sydney areas part mm. of the Sydney lockdown? Well, the theory was from Kerry Chant that we needed buffer zones around Sydney, but it didn't work, Marcus. I mean, I, you know, I'm here in the Wallandilly district which yep. barely had any COVID we were in a lockdown as a buffer zone and all it did was hurt people for no gain on the COVID front so Greater Sydney um, lockdown was a failure Well there you go no, I agree, <laughs> absolutely but from Monday, increased freedoms which is good, now Kerry Chant, uh, her and Dominic Perrottet not seeing eye to eye at the moment in your opinion? Well, we've had a problem with the Chief Health Officer. She's only had one type of advice, and that's locked down everything. You know, yeah. if she saw an infection, just a single one um, in a certain area, her only advice is lock down everything. And unfortunately, if you listen to her and some of these so-called academics who get on TV mouthing off trying to lock people up, um, we'd never basically get out of our bedrooms. We wouldn't get out of our wardrobes. The lockdown would never end. So there's got to be a balance, and I think Perrottet should be commended for putting the economic dimension in the human dimension of people being able to visit their relatives, kids getting back to school, yeah. kids getting back to community sport. I mean, you just can't listen to lockdown merchants who've only got one form of advice. Yep, and that's that's the thing. I've uh, I've been really clear on this uh, on my program and to my listeners. Once you know, we were told uh, initially, and which was disappointing, you know, to, to, you know, with the whole curve thing last year. Okay, so Delta came along. We were told once uh, to go out and get vaccinated. Uh, many people didn't want to, but thought, well, I have no choice. So they've gone and done it. You know, in our millions, we're at seventy percent. Now let's open up the joint. Uh, let's be careful. Let's do it in a COVID-safe way. Let's get businesses back to business. I'm enjoying the change of the narrative uh, that's coming from Dominic Perrottet as well. You're right, because he also said not only has it been a, a medical emergency, it's been an economic crisis. No, a big economic crisis. Uh, there's businesses we'll never see again. There's jobs that have disappeared, and we're pretty well five minutes to midnight in reviving the economy, uh, particularly when the Christmas period, the re vital retail period is coming up. You know, these are people's livelihoods and we can't go on this way. And you're right, Marcus, in that uh, people who have gone out and got vaccinated in vast numbers, uh, some under the mandates, they've been forced to do it, yep. some who perhaps wouldn't have done it without the promise of freedom. So, look, there's been a compact with the people that high vaccination rates now exceeding the Doherty targets would mean freedom not not uh, up and down lockdowns where you know there's a few more uh, infections and we go back into some lockdown no um, uh, freedom on the basis of treating it similar to a bad flu where vaccinated people are protected the hospitalization rates uh, will be manageable that's what we've seen for instance in the UK where they have uh, 30,000 uh, COVID cases a day but only about seven or eight percent of their hospital beds a COVID patient. So yeah. that's the whole benefit of high vaccination rates. And that compact with the people has got to be maintained. And, and the fact that Kerry Chan has been sidelined is music to my ears. All right, mate. Uh, yesterday, important news. Uh, the Teachers' Federation uh, 
they say they feel vindicated. They've been at the government about a, a looming teacher shortage uh, for, for years now, and uh, the data yesterday didn't look good. It said that by 2026 we'll have a crisis with a, a massive teacher shortage, Mark? Well, that's the medium to long-term uh, outlook, and we've got to make teaching a more attractive profession. It's, it's got to be seen as something more than pastoral care, more than social work. A young, yes. bright person coming out of Year 12, we've got to think teaching is for me because it's got decent pay, it's got professional status, and it's got professional uh, job conditions where high performers are rewarded yep. and those who aren't up to scratch uh, have to find a different job. So, and the bureaucracy you know, just leaves them alone. Profession. And the bureaucracy, Mark, just leaves them alone to teach. Stop sending them to countless meetings. Stop sending reams of bureaucratic BS paperwork that I've seen. I've seen the, the rubbish that principals have to go through. I've got 15 meetings in one day because they need to tick that box and tick this box and tick that box. We're, we're, we're not teaching our kids what we should be teaching the mark, and that is showing up. Uh, it's showing up in a number of areas. People, teachers don't want to get into the profession. Those that have been in it forever want to get out of it as soon as they get their, you know, their uh, entitlements uh, up to a certain point. And we're going to face a shortage. There needs to be... Sarah Mitchell needs to look at this seriously. There needs to be a major change in how we recruit teachers and how we retain them. They need, as you say, they need to be paid better. Otherwise, we're going to be in a whole world of pain because kids are our future. They need to be educated. Well, I couldn't agree more for the long-term outlook. But let's also remember we're going to have an even bigger staff shortage problem on the 25th of October. It's good that the schools are coming back. Uh, and opening earlier so the kids can get back to face-to-face learning and their parents can get back to their jobs. But uh, the Teachers' Federation was right in saying on the 25th, only 85% of teachers will be fully vaccinated. That's 15% of the profession who won't be eligible to be in the classroom for face-to-face teaching. In Victoria, they've purchased 2 million rapid antigen tests, and we've got to start using these in New South Wales so that uh, we don't have a teacher shortage, that Someone who's not vaccinated can mm. be tested to see if they've got COVID every morning. Yeah. And if they clear, they, they go to work. The alternative is to have a, a, a big shortage in country schools, uh, inner city schools. Uh, 15% of the teaching profession is massive. And this Absolutely. is a huge problem just two weeks away. All right, mate. Good to talk to you, Mark. Uh, let's touch base again next week. I appreciate your time as always. Thanks, Marcus. Cheers. All right, my pleasure. Mark Latham from New South Wales, One Nation.